2: Welcome back to the Dungeon of Doom, the Lions podcast here at Live. I'm Kyle, joined by Ben as always. We're here in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine. Ben, you're smiling at me, I'm smiling at you. It's really late on Thursday night. <laughs> We've been waiting for these official times to roll in from the first night at the NFL Combine. We've been staring at uh, convention hall walls for the past, I don't know, the uh, 3,000 hours or so, but excited to be here, Ben. It was a big night with the, with the receivers and the quarterbacks and the tight ends, and especially the receivers. And maybe they weren't as fast as those unofficial times, which when they first rolled in, but Tyquan Thornton from Baylor, still a four, two, eight, one of the fastest men ever to come through the combine. And you have eight guys who are sub four, four among them, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, uh, Sky Moore from Western Michigan was at 441. This is one of the fastest groups of receivers ever in the NFL draft. The eight guys who are some four fours are record. Ben, this has to be music to the ears of the Lions who came here, you know, maybe looking for a quarterback and it might be tough to find one, but man,
0: there are a lot of receivers to choose from. Yeah. Yeah. Beef with the new timekeeper, notwithstanding, this is an absolutely just lightning fast receiver class. And it's just, there's, there's intriguing athletes all over the board. And I mean, the last two years I thought have been pretty great receiver classes, but it's, uh, I find myself falling in love with several of these guys and not just because these 40 yard dash times, but it definitely plays into it, especially with guys like Chris Alave, who you hear, oh, he's a great route runner. He's one of the smoothest guys you'll ever see (laughs) play the position at the college level. And then he runs a 4.3 nine official 40-yard dash times, you know, I I mean, (laughs) that's pretty ridiculous for a guy that, gosh, I I can still just see the -the over-the-shoulder catch he made against Michigan in my head, and it's just, uh, there's just talent everywhere at this receiver class. I mean, there's day one talent, and then you see these intriguing athlete guys. I mean, who knows where Kelvin Austin's going to go now after the way he jumped and ran today, and then he got sky more out of Western Michigan. I mean, it's not just these monster guys like Drake London and Traylon Burks, these like Debo, these guys who want to be like Debo Samuel. I mean, there's some like, I don't even want to like disregard them and call them gadget players, but there are some guys that are going to be able to do some really, really interesting things at the next level, just because of their pure athleticism. I mean, just highly productive, bona fide athletes on this board. Another great year to be needing wide receivers. I can tell how excited you are. You're already getting into the nitty gritty of, of guys who are like, let's circle back real
2: quick. Let's reset. <laughs> we talked to the Lions this week, Ben. <laughs> the, the Lions told us what they want. they will tell anybody listening, anyone that's, that, that will listen to them, what they want, which is an X receiver <laughs> And, and timekeeper. Yeah, yeah no, you're on your game. That's cool. <laughs> but no, it, but the Lions came here. I think it's really important to reset and to take a look. I mean, they, they, they have been playing since this staff took over a year ago with their intentions i mean it's amazing how often they have told us this guy has a hamstring injury or this is where we're weaker," this is where we're stronger this is what we want to do and how often it's true so when they come here and they say this is what we need i think we should listen and here is something i think that was eye-catching to me that ben johnson said talking about his you know what he believes this team needs more than anything on the offensive side of the football
1: there's no question so i think i think it comes in a number of shapes and forms but I think the definition of it really is a guy, as you said, that can win consistently one-on-one. Whether that's a big guy with a a lot of strength and size, whether that's a guy with elite quickness or speed, I think it comes a number of different ways, but that's what we're looking for, someone that outside the numbers predominantly can win a one-on-one, and if he's good at his job, dictates coverage. So they they, they recognize where he's at at all times, and they start rolling his way, which will open us up for the run game and everything else inside. So that's that's really what we want. We, we have guys that can win. We just want to see the guys that we have or get somebody else that will win on a more regular basis. And that's being the offensive coordinator, if you get that piece with what you already have in Swift, in Hop, St. Right.
2: Brown, I mean, just how, how dangerous can you guys be with the protection that, that you guys can have up front as well? And, and if you're a quarterback that you know, no, we do. It, no, it's ball.
1: exciting because that's the one thing we looked at over the course of the last few weeks looking at ourselves. So we feel like we attack the middle of the field very well. So um, the more we can expand both vertically and horizontally outside the numbers and deep down the field, that's just going to make those guys on the inside that much more dangerous.
2: So, yeah, the man said it himself. The Lions are looking for an X receiver, a guy who can get downfield. And this draft has a lot of guys like that, guys who are, are, are big, guys who are fast, uh, all shapes and sizes, but especially Ben Fast. And we're seeing it all over the track. You know, a guy who has caught my eye throughout this process, but especially when I was down at the Senior Bowl a couple of weeks ago, Christian Watson, really good player out of North Dakota State. Not many people know him because he went to North Dakota State, which is understandable. That school hasn't produced a receiver in the NFL since, I believe, the late 80s, early 90s, somewhere in that range. It was a long time ago. But the guy is a really good player, and we saw it throughout the Senior Bowl week. He was the most intriguing receiver I saw down there. He was actually on the team opposite Detroit's staff. But... Man, the guy's like six foot three, six foot four, easy releases out of press coverage, which you like to see from a young player just winning his one-on-one matchups. And you heard it from Ben Johnson himself. That's what they're looking for. Uh, and then Christian Watson comes here to the combine. He he broad jumps 11 feet, four inches, which is the, the best broad uh, jump so far uh, uh, this week at the combine, the best of all the receivers. It would've been second at the last combine. Um, this guy has elite explosion. That's what a broad jump is measuring. And then he goes out there in the in the forty yard dash, which is kind of the the main event for guys like receivers, and runs four three six, which is the one two three four five the sixth fastest time among all the receivers at six foot three or six foot four. I mean that he has, in my opinion, the best size speed combination of any guy who's participating here, which does not include Drake London, does not include Jamison Williams from from Alabama, two of the best guys. At this, at this position in the draft, two guys who could be first-round picks. And Drake London, by the way, could be, very well be the Lions pick in the first round. I love that guy. He's my favorite receiver in this draft. But if the guys we saw actually work out, Ben, man, was I excited to see Christian Watson because he really delivered on, on on what we saw throughout senior bowl week.
0: Yeah, and it's just, I mean, it's really easy to say we want an ex-receiver to go down the field and go up and make plays and stuff like that. But, I mean, I mean, that's what this offense is missing. I mean, they signed Tyrell Williams to kind of fill that void for one year last year. Didn't work out. You saw how this offense was able to grow without that down the stretch. And it's just like you can look back through those last five to six weeks and just see, wow, if they had a vertical threat to kind of just make those safeties care about somebody going deep, it could open up that run even more. It could open up the, the world for Amon Ross St. Brown, who just made the most of every single opportunity he had last year. I mean, an ex receiver just would pair perfectly with what they have in place here. Jared Goff needs weapons. That running back. That running back tandem, that running game they want to live on behind that elite, soon to possibly be elite offensive line of the future here. I mean, there's just, it's so easy to see a blueprint for how this offense closes the gap. I mean, we said it, we're going to say it again. This offense is closer than it gets credit for on the outside looking in. And it's easy to see why people want a quarterback here, but a wide receiver, a wide receiver, a guy like Christian Watson, a guy like that size that can go up and make those plays, a guy that can beat a guy downfield a guy a guy like Trelon Burks who can do stuff out of the backfield a guy that wants to be the next Debo Samuel in this league I mean think about the ways they use Amon Ross St. Brown down the stretch think about adding a guy like that who can play all over the field again I mean it's just like you said as a Christian Watson it's hard to ignore that I mean that broad jump that's just that's a big guy covering a lot of field in a small amount of time and it's just (laughs) that's what this offense needs. Yeah, you mentioned Bergs. You take
2: the words right out of my mouth. Bergs is my other mm-hmm. favorite guy that that we haven't gotten to yet. You know, for me, London is atop that that list and that 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 shopping list, if you will. Six foot five. One on one, like just beats the the hell out of one on one coverage. And we've already seen him on the on the field with Aman Ross. So that it takes some of the projection out of of the equation that you typically see, which I think you like a lot. And the lines and they're so focused that they have so many needs and they're resetting so much that, 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 that of their organization, they are resetting the culture as much as they're resetting the talent. And when you're doing that, you need a certain type of player. And sometimes that can be hard to project or to understand with a guy like Drake London, where you have a guy in your building already, an Aman Ra, who represents every value that you want to build around and that you have full trust in, who has already prospered and what you're trying to build to be able to use that guy as a resource mm-hmm. to go up to him and say, Hey, what is Drake London like at the silver? What is he like in the locker room? What kind of leader is he like? What did, what does he do to his body? Like, like what's he like on campus? I mean, you can get a real feel for a guy before he comes in take some of the, the, the projection. Now, I think it eliminates not eliminates, but it minimizes the risk that you typically have when drafting a guy. And I think that will be appealing to the Lions. And if Drake Lennon is there with the ability that he has as a big guy, I, I think he's, I, I think he'll be an excellent pick at number 32. He did not run this week or participate in any of the combine drills because of the broken ankle he's rehabbing from, but he, he did say this week, he expects to participate at his, at his, at his, pro day at the USC pro day in a couple of weeks, so that's, that's the good news. But as far as the guys here, man, you mentioned the Trayvon Burks, man, uh, Trayvon Burks is so big. He's so fast, maybe not as fast as the unofficial time showed Ben, but fast. Yeah. And he's big. He's, I think, 6'2", 6'3". He's at 225 pounds. And you look at the way Arkansas used him. I mean, he lined up in the slot more than anywhere else, even though he's kind of built like an X receiver He also played X receiver on the outside. He lined up in the backfield. He threw seven passes. Yeah. He returned uh, punts. He returned kicks. It wasn't, like he got he got the water, you know, for the water boy. I mean, like, this guy did everything. And it really reminds me of... I'm on Racine Brown. He came into the lines right away and played mostly inside, but he could line up outside. He could uh, take the ball on reverses and uh, line up in the backfield. And he threw, he he lined up under center a time or two. Returned punts. Like, you throw those guys on the the field at the same time, and and they're different players. They run differently. They're they're built differently. But two guys who can do so many different things, and you put them both in this offense. And we saw down the stretch with Ben Johnson how creative they were and all the trick plays and how... They anticipated defenses and what they were trying to do to stop Amon Ra, and so they started using that against defenses by using Amon Ra as this, like, fulcrum of all these gadget plays and trick plays and so forth. You throw another guy out there who can who can run and who's big, man, that opens up a whole different dimension of this offense, and this is pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, and I like the part that you said about Amon uh, St. Brown, because, I mean, they've made it clear that guy's everything they want to, like— have in players that they bring into this thing in this rebuild i mean they trust him they're going to trust his word and if he's selling them on drake london i have to believe they're going to take him pretty serious on that word but yeah i I just I, i love traylon burks and it's just like i just picture a guy like that and dan campbell and ben johnson's offense two guys that proved that at least in that limited showing in the last six, seven, eight weeks down the stretch that they knew how to get the most out of their personnel. They knew how to use their personnel. They knew how to disguise their personnel. They knew how to like, and just like you said, the same Brown stuff out of the backfield, the extra linemen, the motion, pre-stamp motion and stuff like that. I mean, it's hard to project some of these guys that do too many things at the college level at the next level, but it's, I don't know. I guess I just never covered a team that like knew how to like use those those guys like that you know and I saw some of that this last year and it gives me it gets me excited to think about what a guy like a, a Traylon Burts or a Christian Watson could do in this offense because I I don't think it's just going to be a plain straight x receiver go downfield and go make a couple of contested grabs and be safeties over the top I mean I really think that Debo Samuel type guy to pair with St. Brown is what really could take this thing to the next level just because I mean Lions fans should have complete trust in Campbell and Johnson to use their personnel right and to get the most out of these guys because, I mean, so far, so good. They haven't proven anything wrong with their young players like that. I mean, gosh, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of speed. There's a lot of height. There's just a lot of versatility in this receiver class. It's easy, it's easy to see the blueprint to success for that offense. Burks, by the way, told us at
2: <laughs> Combine that he literally hunts pigs with his bare hands. Like, I've ever heard a guy who's more of a Dan Campbell type than Traylon Burks. I, he's from... The middle of nowhere, Arkansas literally grew up hunting pigs with his bare hands, uh, big hogs, wild hogs and they're like they're they're dangerous animals. and yeah I, I mean, I've never I know having known Dan Campbell grew up on a on a farm, uh, big hunter. I don't know, man, you need all types to fill out a roster and you can't be making decisions based on guys' hobbies. But when you're talking about building a culture and mind, I add guys that reflect the culture you want to build, reflect the 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 values of your head coach. like I like talking to Traylon Burks just reflected that for me. And then you look at the way he plays this game, so physically, so violently, so athletically. I i, I think he fits. George Perkins from Georgia, you know, the way he blocks. Yeah. He, he murdered a guy from Michigan. I don't know if you saw it. The points at the sideline, I mean, like that like that guy, like he comes here talking about how how much of a blocker he is. And I didn't know too much about his blocking, and I looked it up later. I looked at some film and some stats, and man, like, again, like that guy looks like a fat. I mean, there's just so many receivers. And I think Perkins is more of like a third, fourth round kind of guy, but you know, there's a lot of options for the Lions at at, at pick 32. There's more pick 34. They're back on the clock. I don't know, not that far after that. They got nine picks in this draft. Uh, Antoine Randall L., who by the way, is on the field uh, here at the combine running these drills while these guys are flame throwing uh, on the track for the 40 yard dash. Uh, That guy said that he wanted to draft two receivers, uh, sign another. So now, the Lions are being very naked and very plain about their intentions at that position. They have to really like what's on offer here. It, it might be a tough year to, to, to need a quarterback, and, and they do. It might be a tough year for that, but it's a very, very good year to need a receiver. With the quarterbacks, though, Ben, because they were also out there tonight, you know, and Malik Willis has been the the all the rage, I think, in, in Lions' world as it relates to, to to the quarterback class. Not a very good class. There's some guys who are decent, like Kenny Pickens. He's, he's probably going to be... Sorry, not Kenny Pickens. It's late. My, my brain was mush. Uh, Kenny Pickens. That guy's probably gonna be the first guy off the board. He's certainly the like safest pick. I could definitely see him landing in a place like Pittsburgh. I could definitely not see him landing in a place like Detroit that already has a guy like Jared Goff. When I look at Kenny, like to me, that guy looks exactly like Jared Goff. Like the ceiling of Kenny is, is Jared Goff. So I don't think I, I think burning a pick on a guy like that is just wasting the pick. If they draft a quarterback in this class, and I don't think they will, but if they were. You're doing it because of the upside to improve the position. The only guy in this draft that I see like that is Malik Bullis. And he was the hardest thrower I saw at the, the Senior Bowl. I think he was clocked at like, I don't know, 75 miles an hour. It was the hardest anyone's thrown at the Senior Bowl in years. And we saw the arm tonight. We did not see the legs. He did not run. Uh, but he threw, Ben. And it was inconsistent, as you would expect, because the guy's a project. But, man, what he did with the deep ball, there's two or three balls tonight that he threw. There's no one else in this, in this draft that that they can do that. And I don't think the Lions rolled a dice, but you know, that's, it,
0: it was hard not to get excited about what the guy could do. No. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of like the perfect encapsulation of the high risk, high reward that comes with him. I and I mean, you could see it. I mean, don't read too much into these. Don't. Bet everything on what you saw tonight, but I mean, shoot, the kid struggled on a couple corner passes and then came out and threw just some beautiful, we're seeing the replay of it as we talk about it right now. Just beautiful deep balls down the field was just, I mean, look at that. that I know this is the audio medium here, but my God, the trajectory on that ball, you just see the cannon attached to him. You know what kind of runner he is. Ben, you're getting a cool shower after this, after this recording. I'm not there Yeah, but I'm teetering on it. I, I, I just... Uh, I, I fully, I, I'm with you. I don't think they take a quarterback this year either, but I think if they do, it'll be Malik Willis. And I, I completely understand why it would be Malik Willis. I mean, high risk, high reward. If you're drafting a quarterback in the first round, you want them to have a higher ceiling than your starter. And I, I mean, you took the words out of my mouth on the Pickett stuff. I mean, when I watch him, I see Jared Goff, and it's just not because of his small hands or anything like that. And I, I just, I look at Kenny Pickett. I look at the kid from Ole Miss. It's just like... I, you know, these are these guys might be serviceable starters, good backups. I mean, I'm not trying to disregard them too much, but it's just like there's one guy that has that potential to get to, like, what you're seeing in the NFL playoffs, the ability to get out of the pocket and make plays when things break down, the ability to just throw lasers over the frickin' top of the defense the way Willis lets that ball rip. I mean, there's one guy in this draft that has that high, high, high ceiling under center. In my opinion and it's malik willis and it's just i don't see him being there at 32 i know twitter's trying to warm themselves up to willis at pick two shoot we're getting tweets and emails about willis at pick two question marks like as we record this right now and it's just like i don't see that happening but yeah if they take one it should be a guy named malik willis and nobody else
2: yeah i, I will eat my shoe if they take malik willis at number two yeah me too yeah no i i just don't see it happening i know that I, I don't know where Stuff like that starts. I I assume it's probably from social media someplace because social media sucks. But it's not coming from a place of truth. It's not going to happen. Blake Willis is a very intriguing prospect. He is not the number two prospect in this class. Someone might be desperate enough to do it, but it's not going to be the Lions. The Lions, for better or worse, like Jared Goff. And I don't think he's the long-term answer, which is why I believe they're still in the quarterback market and they're in it this year. I don't think they'll take one, which means they're in next year. I think... They like Goff, though, and Goff can be that bridge quarterback that he showed down the stretch last year. I think the Lions genuinely believe, I think the Lions' the coaching staff administration genuinely believes they're like three or four pieces away from like contending. Maybe not for a Super Bowl, but for playoffs and, and everything like that. And so that's what they're focused on. They're focused on complementing. I believe that's what they're focused on, is complementing Jared Goff and what they already have by going out and getting a deep threat getting some key pieces on defense, and they need a lot of them. They need a, a pass rusher, like Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau, and we'll get to those guys later in the, yeah. in the week. They need a linebacker. They need a safety. But, man, I, I just I don't see – I don't think that they view their timeline with the quarterback position lining up of what this quarterback class has to offer, and that, to me, is the bottom line. So I don't see it happening, but I understand the stuff happening with Malik Willis because the skill set is intriguing. And I don't think there's any way he lasts 32. I agree with you, Ben, with what just said. I don't think Lake Willis lasts until 32. But will the Lions be the team that takes him before then? I, I definitely do not.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I don't see it happen at pick two either. And uh, you hit the nail on the head. I, I think that they should be focused on complimenting Jared Goff this offseason. I mean, just because of the way he finished the season, the connection he showed with Campbell and Johnson down the stretch. Brad Holmster loves the guy like his own son, it seems like, too. So he's going to get chances. He's going to get chances. And it's just... I mean, you gotta look at the situation in the NFC North too. Bears, new coach, new GM, second-year quarterback, Vikings, new coach, GM, Kirk Cousins, Green Bay Packers. Who the hell knows what's gonna happen to Aaron Rodgers? There's a real window for competitiveness. I'm not gonna sit here and crown them division champs or like they're going to the playoffs or anything here, but I just that offense is closer than it gets credit for. The defense needs a lot of work without question, but there's reason to trust Aaron Glenn and Aubrey Pleasant to kind of bring that together. There's young pieces in place. Obviously, a lot of things need to go right. Guys coming back from injuries, but like they're just closer. They're closer than they get credit for on both sides of the ball, and there's a window of competitiveness in the NFC North, and they'd be crazy not to chase it a little bit. That's what we got. We're very tired. Uh, we're going to be back, very, very back,
2: and M- throughout the, the rest of the weekend from the NFL Combine, we'll circle back in the in the podcast with much, much more coverage next week. So stay. Thank you for sticking with us through our sleep to private nest. We will uh, see you very soon. Good night.
0: This has been Ben Raven and Kyle Mikey of M Live's Detroit Lions beat. Thank you for listening to The Dungeon of Doom and M Live Detroit Lions podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts ACAST, Apple, Spotify, Google. Like I said, wherever you get them and listen to them, make sure to subscribe to The Dungeon of Doom. Thanks again.